You know why I'm so passionate about Music to Code By? Because it works. I'm still getting a steady stream of success stories from developers just like you who sail effortlessly through hours of coding. There's only one problem. They can't get enough. Well, not only are we up to track 13, but you can download them all in one shot for a new low price. The collection was 54 bucks just a little while ago, still only a little more than four bucks a track, but now you can get all 13 for only 39 bucks. That's only three bucks a track. Yeah, that's more like it. 325 minutes of pure bliss. Go get it now at collection.musictocodeby.net. .NET Rocks, episode 1357, with guests Ben Fistine and Jacob Misek. Recorded Friday, September 16th, 2016. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And um, we're here for another hour. We're going to be talking about a very cool open source project with a couple of guys from the Czech Republic. And uh, man, I can't wait. But uh, first, I got some news for you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I've actually started giving lectures on the ketogenic approach to reversing type 2 diabetes and obesity. Cool. Yeah. I'm doing my first lecture let's see, in seven days in Watertown, Massachusetts, uh, at Bob Familiar's place, which is a place he works at called Blue Metal, Blue Metal Engineering. That's awesome. Yeah, he offered the space. And I set up an Eventbrite, and you can get to it at L1, that's lecture one, l1.2keto, the number two, K-E-T-O dot com. And we'll put a link to it as well. If you happen to be in the Massachusetts area, uh, stop in and see me. And uh, if you want me to come to your your workplace or whatever, where you have people who are struggling with this, I'm happy to do that. Just get in touch with me, Carl at Franklin's.net. That's all I got, man. Awesome. How are you? Are you back in your freaking den yet? Uh, we're getting that way. You know You know what I've been experimenting with? Those Latte Panda little microcomputers. Yeah. You got, you got yours? No, I don't have mine yet. Oh, okay. Well, I, I hooked it up. It's It runs Win 10, dude. It really yeah. does. And you just plug it into a monitor and a HDMI, whatever, and you've like a Raspberry Pi? Well, that's the funny part. When you get all the plugs in it, the plugs are as big as the unit, right? I mean, the unit is literally, you know, half the size of a deck of cards kind of thing. Right. But yeah, HDMI, USB. Uh, it does have audio in and out. So I plug an audio splitter into that to separate a headphone from microphone. And then was able to feed it directly into my traveler. Okay. My audio decoder, and uh, yeah, it's a Skype host. So, does it have a? Does that microphone in double as a line in? Yeah, it's a, it's a working as a line in. Wow, great! And does it come with a case, or is it just a board? Just a board. You have to order the case separately. And while they have the boards, they're out of cases. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh bummer! I'm gonna get a couple of those, and I'm glad you took a uh, you know one for the team and tested it out. It's uh, it's impressive. It's an impressively small little gizmo, and uh, I'm still futzing with mouse without borders with it, so I can remotely control it. You know, I have the the multi big screen, the 43 inch uh, 4K screen will also split up into four 1080p screens, right? 
but it's the two of them are HDMI, and then and then you have a choice of Mini Display Port and VGA as well. Wow! So you sort of have to have a mixture of devices. So for the two Skype hosts, they'll just use the two HDMI sources. Well, I'm going to get one and put it on the big TV that's over my uh, computers because that big, what is it, 65-inch plasma TV I got in 2006, I don't have cable anymore. And every once in a while, I hook it up to my computer as a third monitor. But yeah, I think that's going to be a a, a little media thing. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah, I don't know if this health wellness thing would run live video, but uh, it's worth a shot. Sure. I turned it on and it booted into Win 10. I was sitting in Win 10. I'm like, okay, yeah. so much for installation problems. Right. <laughs> it's pre-configured to self-boot. Uh, that's fine. I love it. It's hilarious. Get me a couple of them. All right, yeah. roll the music because I got something appropriate for Better Know Framework. Awesome. All right, dude, what do you got? This came up in, uh, in What's Trending, and I kicked myself because... We just haven't covered it enough on this show. Sure. And it's SAS. Oh, yeah. S-A-S-S. It we gets talked about all the time, right? It gets right? talked about getting, all the time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we never really talk about it ourselves. So, it's at sas-lang.com or 1357.pwop.me. And what this is, is that self-titled. It says, CSS with superpowers. So basically, this takes the suck out of CSS, because I know one of them S's stands for sucky. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I use it. I'm not a CSS guru, but it did make stuff a lot easier for me. I know Hanselman's a huge proponent of SAS. It's being used everywhere. Yeah. And so what it is, it's it's completely compatible with CSS. It's It's an extension language for CSS. So it, it it does it has all these great features and abilities. It's very mature. It works with a whole bunch of frameworks. In other words, frameworks have been built on top of it, like Compass, Bourbon, Suzy, right. SUSY, just a few, but there's a whole bunch of other frameworks that are built with SAS. So it's really standard. It's not it's not going to uh, change out from under you anytime soon. And it's uh, totally free and just go there and there's ways to learn it and there's docs and all that stuff. Enjoy the goodness. Enjoy the goodness. It's it's pretty sassy. Nice. Yeah. And uh, you know what we ought to do, Richard, is we really ought to get um, somebody who's got a lot of experience with sass to come on the show and just do a whole show on it. Yeah. It's time is due. Over yeah, it's, due. Al- it's always been mentioned as one of the tools in a suite of tools, but right. never have we called it out just by itself. And I don't know, I don't know if you could talk for CSS for an hour without bursting into flames. So it's absolutely true. You know, we <laughs> gotta keep the fire extinguisher at the ready. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, bud. All right, who's talking to us, man? Grabbed a comment off of show 1345. That's the one we did with Thomas Herzig, also from the Czech Republic. Yep. We were talking about building line of business web apps using his library, .vvm. Yeah. Where you were able to use C Sharp on the back end, yeah. write less JavaScript, which is pretty cool. Awesome. And just another way to tackle this particular problem. And, of course, engendered a ton of comments. Yeah. So folks, very interested. But uh, long-time listener, exchanged a few emails over the year. Uh, Andy Freivalt said, uh, building the view model on the back end sounds very interesting. I'm not a fan of scaffolding a UI from back end data as it tends to lead to a very poor user experience. Uh, yeah. 
If delivering fast is your highest priority, it seems like an awesome solution. If UX is more important, I recommend building the UI first and then having a model mapping layer in either the front or the back end. Building the front end first does have a lot of challenges, but hopefully tooling will eventually make this easier. And he then has a shameless plug for a library he contributes to called firefight.js. Instead of building the view model at the back end, in Firefight, I generate it from the HTML. Once I have my view model created, I can easily connect it to a NoSQL database. By attaching to Firebase, I can now create a real-time spa without having to write any back-end code or JavaScript. I'm simply decorating my HTML. And I appreciate that, that he gets the sentiment from .vvm of avoiding the JavaScript part. And all you got to do is turn the crank and the guy kicks the bucket and then it ends up with the mousetrap coming mouse down. Trap. On the mouse. <laughs> I love Knockout, and I think it's a perfect library for quickly building a powerful line of business app. It may not be getting the love of the more full-featured frameworks like React, Angular 2, and Aurelia, but due to its low surface area, I was able to learn the entire API in a couple of months. I've been working with React for the past nine months, and I feel I still only know about 60% of it. Mm. I'm very productive knowing the entire library and knowing all the workarounds for the various weaknesses. Yeah. With you, dude. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, happy to include a link to uh, Firefight for folks who want to take a look at it. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .netrocks.com or via any of our social media because we publish every show to Facebook and Google+. And if you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. And follow us on Twitter. He's at Rich Campbell. I'm at Carl Franklin. Send us a tweet. We put out fires with them. Nice. All right, now it's my distinct pleasure to welcome two gentlemen to the show today who are going to talk about peach pie. Not the one you're thinking of, but let's uh, bring them on. Uh, Benjamin Fistein is uh, from Prague, Czech Republic. He used to play online poker for a living, but finally ended up studying marketing, management, and international business and got a real job instead. Now he's splitting his time between Peach Pie, working full-time, and writing papers with Jacob Misik. And hailing from Prague, Jacob Misik has been coding since he was 12. In addition to all kinds of sports in the 90s, he developed multi-platform 3D games in C and C++. He started with IT at Charles University and ended up studying compilers and operating systems. As a .NET enthusiast, he was working on an open-source compiler called Fallinger, and a commercial PHP integration into Visual Studio. Armed with this know-how, Jacob went on to get a PhD in software engineering and now works on PeachPie, the modern implementation of the PHP compiler to .NET. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hi. Are you going to uh, contend anything that we just said there? Did I say anything wrong? Did I pronounce anything wrong? Fallinger, is that how you pronounce that? Yes. Oh. Correct. Everything was good. Good. So, now that we know who you are collectively, let's uh, find out what your voices sound like individually. Benjamin, say hi. Hello. That's uh, Benjamin. And Jacob? Hi. Okay, you sound exactly the same. This is going to be fun. <laughs> was it just me then? <laughs> All right. So, maybe you could say, hey, this is Ben, or hey, this is Jacob, so we know who we're hearing. But uh, why don't one of you tell us about Peach Pie? Hey, Ben. Okay, so hello, this is Ben. Um, PeachPy, as you've said earlier, is kind of a modern implementation of a PHP compiler uh, to .NET. It's based on the previous version called Fallinger, but this one is actually built on top of Roslyn and 
thanks to some of the recent developments that have been happening at Microsoft, it can now uh, work multi-platform or cross-platform on all operating systems and devices, and it can tar- target .NET Core. Uh, we've, we have some additional things such as NuGet packages, which Fallinger uh, wasn't able to do. So it has quite a few differences compared to Fallinger. I dare say that whole move to go .NET Core, open source, multi-platform was a, a watershed moment. You're seeing a lot of stuff like this. Do you guys agree? Yeah. Um, it's obviously a, a very popular thing in the programming world nowadays. So when you say compiler to .NET, so it takes a PHP system that you have out there somewhere, you run it through PeachPy. What is it, a wizard? You press a button and out spits .NET. How does it work exactly? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, PeachPy is a complete compiler and runtime for PHP. So it takes all the PHP files and compiles them into MSIL. Uh, the MSIL compatible with, with all the other .NET, uh, .NET platforms. So it's the same MSIL uh, as a C-sharp is compiled into. Great. So it's not a transpiler. It doesn't take PHP source code, turn it into C-sharp source code. It actually runs PHP on the .NET platform. It actually creates complete DLL with PDB files and everything around. I got to imagine that is a huge performance booster to PHP, which doesn't have a reputation for being particularly fast or scalable, right? Well, actually... That was the that was one of the reasons to to make it, because thanks to the other uh, other improvements we've made, like type analysis and other stuff we are doing uh, on the university, we can actually compile it uh, with very very great performance improvements. So, performance is one of the best, uh, one of the greatest reasons to to use the compiler to improve the PHP code. Yeah. yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but most PHP apps are literally uh, executed in line, right? They're not pre-compiled at all. Yeah, most of most of the applications are are made dynamic, so they they take advantage of the dynamicity, and there are no types in the code. Uh, also, variables are holding different types, different objects all the time, so. Uh, <clears throat> it's designed to be dynamic, but most of most of the um, most of the new applications are built uh, as static as static programs. They they trying to be clean, yeah. right? But but PHP doesn't have enough uh, constructs to uh, to tell the code uh, there is a variable of type X or. Or there's function that returns type uh, type Z or something like that. So we are performing type analysis to to find out what types will be in which piece of code, and uh, the result of the compilation is actually as mm, very similar to the C sharp compiled code. So. It, when we're talking about performance increases, is there any way to measure that? Uh, have you done any sort of performance measurement? Yeah, at this time, we are doing some micro-benchmarking. So we are compiling small parts, small pieces of code, like like loops or calling functions or accessing properties and so on. And we are comparing it with uh, C-sharp, with Phalanger, and with PHP 7. So if if you go to our website... Uh, peachpie.io, 
you'll see benchmarking section uh, there and you can see the results. Oh my One God. One thing I want to say though about the benchmarks is that it's uh, a dangerous thing to rely on or to, I guess, uh, cite at this point because the benchmarks are always, first of all, micro benchmark, which isn't uh, indicative of the performance of an entire application, of course. Sure. And secondly, we, we, we tried to produce a benchmark when we got, uh, or when we implemented the uh, request handler. And so we tried to benchmark the performance on Microsoft Azure. And the difference was uh, so large that people started uh, questioning why PHP can only serve something like three requests per second or whatever it was. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. And PeachPy could handle maybe 60 or uh, in any case, a huge multiple of that. And so they started questioning the way we configured the server, but we just have a, a simple BizPark Biz subscription. Yeah. So it's always dangerous to to do these benchmarks so early on. Right, but it's obvious that it's it's more performant. I mean, whether you can you could argue with the level, however, I'm, and it is off the chart, almost literally. Yes, yeah. and it's hard to make the charts because they sometimes are, uh, the numbers are so different that it's sometimes hard to display. Well, and you, you mean the PHP 5.6 data is sort of burying everything else. It's just that slow. Yeah. And so everything else is going to look fast. And, and it's almost hard to measure like the performance, see the performance difference between PHP 7 and PHPy, which are probably your more, you know, if you care about speed, you're running latest bits. Yeah. Right. And the difference between uh, maybe if you at some point have a chance to check out this benchmark section of ours, you will see that the difference between PHP 5.6 and 7 is actually quite large. So right. the improvements that have been done to this language are very impressive. Well, and I don't think a lot of people think about this all that much, but like PHP runs a big chunk of the web. It's a very successful language. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it depends on which sources we, we're looking at right now. But um, WordPress claims that 25% of the entire internet is in WordPress. And um, some other sites have claimed that about 80% of the internet is in PHP. So, yeah, it's a very popular language. And I'm, this must be hugely popular. Your, your response must be through the roof. Well, um, it is controversial quite a bit. So, it really depends on who you're asking. If you're asking a PHP developer, the response is overwhelmingly positive. Um, .NET developers, the response is positive, but there are some people who are criticizing maybe um, maybe various aspects of this project, which are not exactly our intentions. So like what? I can't imagine what controversy might be around this. So, for example, a lot of the grief that we get from people is that we are porting poor code into their beloved .NET framework, for example. But that's not exactly how it works and not exactly, obviously, uh, our objective at all. Um, another another thing that we always get is this big question of why, uh, why are we doing this and stuff. So they don't really see the uh, use cases all that much. But yeah. uh, we, we have this experience with Fallinger, so we, we kind of do see the use cases. Well, so why would you do this? Is this mostly about taking existing PHP code and making it go faster? Well, first of all, we we like it. We <laughs> we like the idea, and um, some people are studying it. And uh, personally, I am I am doing it as my PhD. So right, uh, yeah, 
it's just it's just my just my work in university and um we just would like to to make it happen uh and also also there are a lot of clients of the old phalanger project that would like it as well so um we are just trying to make something we like well and I mean, I have programming PHP, so I'm being unfairly harsh. It's addictive because it is so, in some ways, so old school. You know, it's, it's a very easy code to write in. You can, you rips out of your fingers pretty fast. Yeah. It's a, the challenge is making, in, in my experience, has been making manageable PHP apps. Yeah, that's right. Uh, for example, uh, some clients, uh, took their old PHP stuff. They, they had, uh, very large code base in PHP and they would like to move to .NET. But if they would uh, have to rewrite all the code to C sharp at once, it would take about two years. And yeah. with this compiler, they can compile uh, legacy PHP stuff to .NET and slowly rewrite routines and types yeah, to exactly. C sharp while running all the code at once. I don't see the problem. I mean, the goal is to make PHP run faster and better. End of story. Yeah. What's the controversy? <laughs> exactly. Shut up. Go home. Use something else. It also actually works both ways. So uh, one of the main, uh, I guess, features of PHPy is the both-way interoperability. And a lot of people um, don't realize that it works the other way around. So you can actually write plugins for WordPress and C Sharp if we... Uh, or once we make it happen, so yeah. that's another right. You can keep developing WordPress by by WordPress, and you can write uh, C sharp plugins into the WordPress and keep yeah. keep that's on using WordPress. That's great. Yeah, very cool. I'm you know my my elder daughter's uh, web comic is running on WordPress. This makes me wonder if I shouldn't uh, feed it to the to peach pie and see how kind of performance benefit yeah we get. so is everything else practically wordpress <laughs> is hugely popular not quite done yet <laughs> you're not quite ready for me huh not yet not yet give us a little <laughs> bit <laughs> which again is where you get in the danger of the benchmarks i mean you know the benchmark that makes me the most comfortable the, of the ones i'm looking at on your site it's the computing pie one because now you're taking a lot of the yeah. web interaction pieces out, a lot of the the additional communication layers. You're just talking about computational efficiency in code. And let's see. PHP 5.6 computing pi, speed in seconds, 26.8. PHP 7, 11.3. Phalanger, 11.6. PHPy, 2.2. <laughs> it's just not fair. So there you go. It's just pure computing junk that gets in the way. It is. Yeah. Well, this is your advantage of being able to be real compiled code is the compute side will be strong. It's not, that's not the primary problem in most websites. As a guy who's done a lot of performance tuning over yeah. the years, that, it, that isn't my principal problem. Most of the time, my principal problem is latency. Right. But there's nothing wrong with starting with a fast back end. But their benchmarks start with method calling, go to include, require, static locals, static fields, property assignment, um, and then comparing on Azure. So those are all little things that add up. And, and it basically just tells you that there's too many layers of abstraction, in, in especially in PHP 5, but obviously a lot less in uh, .NET Core. That's right. Well, recently, last week, we did benchmark ASP.NET uh, against ASP.NET Core with PeachPy. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Well, that was that was really great, uh, really great difference because uh, the ASP.NET Core with the Kestrel open source web server is so lightweight uh, that it it even doesn't have any any overhead at all. So the latency and the performance of such server was really great. And so we've we've integrated PeachPy into it as another as another uh, request delegate. And it works great. So, so PeachPy can even take advantage of this ASP.NET Core web server. So we are getting all the performance of compiled PHP and all the, all the performance of, of ASP.NET Core as well. So that's another benchmark we've, we've did last week, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. Was Core actually, I mean, I think Kestrel's awesome compared to IIS, and I'm an IIS fan, right? It, it made me, I think it bought me a house, you know? <laughs> I've, I've made a lot of money off of IIS over the years. It's just, it, it's old. Like, its principles on the way that it was built are dated now in the way that we think about web. The real question is, do you see Core actually faster than than the original .NET framework? And is it just because it's a rewrite? It's lighter? Well, we've did some benchmarking as well, and the results for us are almost the same. <laughs> wow. And, and I would kind of expect that, right? That, that the original .NET framework is very well optimized, very intelligent code, it is, and yeah. it's hard to make it better. Well, actually, there are some differences. For example, uh, the old .NET framework, uh, when, are, uh, when, when you use reflection, for example, Yep. Reflection is very slow in, yeah. in the old .NET because yeah. it communicates with native code through COM objects and so on. Uh, in the new .NET Core, it's it's much faster. We didn't benchmark that, but uh, I, be- I believe so. Right. But, you know, reflection is one of those things that emerged as important in .NET. I don't think it was – it was not part of first designs, but as it – as we started seeing what people did with it. You talk about inversion control and things like that. Suddenly reflection was super important. It had never intended to be fast. And, but coming into it new just a couple of years ago, they're like, you know, we're going to have to get this right. And it made a huge difference. Yep. Yep. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is. Uh, It must be that happy time again. Yep. Time for a knock, knock joke. Oh boy. All right, here we go. Richard, you ready? I'm ready. Knock, knock. Who's there? PHP 5. <laughs> I knew you were going there. That's not right. That's not right. <laughs> and I love that the editor kept that pause in there. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. <laughs> uh, you're supposed to say Java. <laughs> no, we used to say Java. Now we're picking on PHP 5. Get with the program, Richard. <laughs> The scapegoat of the day has changed. Yes. Yes, I'm sorry. Sorry. All right. All right. Uh, It's actually time to give away an Infragistics Ultimate from Infragistics, obviously, to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But first, let me tell you about Infragistics Ignite UI. Now, this is a complete HTML and JavaScript toolkit for building modern browser experiences on any device desktop, tablet, or phone. Designed for the enterprise, you'll create high-performance, touch-first, responsive apps with Angular JS directives, bootstrap support, and Microsoft MVC server-side widgets. 
It's really, really cool. Check it out at igniteui.netrocks.com. Awesome, dude. Who's our winner? Today's winner, Richard, is Tim Myers. Congratulations, Tim. Oh, wait. Oh, you got clappers? I got them. Awesome. I cleaned my cleaned the studio so they were not handy. They turned up. Now they are. Nice. And Tim just won the Infragistics Ultimate. This is a huge pile of awesome from Infragistics. If you don't know what we just did here, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But you have to sign up to win. All right, guys, it's your turn. If you had $5,000 US to spend on technology today, what would you buy? Let's start with you, Jacob. <laughs> Great. <laughs> today, <laughs> well, I would buy some pretty awesome notebook. <laughs> A serious computer? Yeah. Yeah. Something I can, I can use all the time because now I need a desktop, a mobile phone, and a, and laptop and tablet. Or I, I would like to have just one. Yeah. Uh, if it would cost five thousand dollars, I would buy it. Something that could run PHP, for example. Nice. Yeah. PHP five. All right, <laughs> never mind. All right, I'm done. I'm, just a joke, folks. Nothing to see here. Are you now? I'm. I'm just curious. Like, are you after like the Delosaurus with the sixty four gigs of RAM and eight cores, or are you just thinking of really well dressed Ultrabook? <laughs> well, I'm joking as well. I don't play games, so okay. I just need a laptop. <laughs> the, you know, the biggest thing I would recommend for every laptop for a developer, especially an extra monitor. Yeah, these new USB uh, three driven uh, 1080p monitors, and they're only a, a two or three hundred dollars. They just change your life. You that extra screen space makes such a difference. Yeah, it does. <laughs> How about you, Ben? Well. If I had to spend all of the 5000 I would try to buy a whole bunch of IoT devices, actually, because, believe it or not, um, PeachPy, one of the benefits is that it can actually uh, help run uh, PHP on IoT devices. So nice. yeah. I think I'd buy a bunch of robots and uh, a Raspberry, maybe uh, some some cabling and stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe maybe uh, I would buy iRobot. The cleaning, oh, cleaning yeah. machine. Oh, I would like to gadgets. program it to, to make my own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> to walk with me like a dog, for example. Cool. You know what I was looking at the other day, Trick is talking about gadgets? Automated ball throwers. <laughs> you know, you got iRobot? Go look up iFetch. So, literally, it's a little gizmo. Your dog drops the ball in the gizmo and it fires the ball out. The wow. dog can play pay, pay, pay fetch with itself. Well, well, looky there. Did we just take vacuuming robots for granted? But there's pluses and minuses to vacuuming robots. Okay, what are they? Um, if you if your cat shit on the floor, the vacuuming robot will spread it all over the room. Ask me how I know. Okay. <laughs> just saying. Wow. Yeah. Um. What do you guys have? You guys heard about this thing that we talked about on the show? The uh, Latte Panda? No. <laughs> if you go to LattePanda.com, it's uh, fully decked out. It's 130 bucks, and it's a four-core Windows 10 machine about the size of a half a deck of playing cards. 
And it has HDMI, it has audio, it has USB 2, USB 3, and like I say, a four-core processor. And you can have up to, I think, 64 gigs of storage and, what, 32 gigs of RAM? Four gigs of RAM. Four gigs of RAM. That's enough. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty sweet for such a small tool. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. But honestly, I would think this is too much horsepower for your typical PHP solution, but... uh that's funny to say that, but at 140 <laughs> bucks, like how upset can you be? Right. You know, go crazy, buy the big one. <laughs> <laughs> buy two. Buy two, live on the edge. Let's build a cluster out of little palm-sized computers. I need 20. Well, at $140, how many can I get? 30 of them for five grand? You can solve the world's problems. All right. Should we try the hard question, which is how do you convince people to start programming in PHP? Like, when you, is this worthwhile to do rather than this just working in normal ASP.net? Wait, are you suggesting, Richard, that people learn PHP because now they have a, a faster platform on which to run it? An extraordinarily fast one and a complete, you know, it's in core, so it'll work on all the different platforms. Like, mm. this is kind of compelling, actually. Why, why wouldn't we do this? Yeah. Well, actually, actually, we've made an ing- integration into Visual Studio Code, so they can just start uh, with a project into Visual Studio Code, which nice. already does all the all the highlighting. Uh, it downloads all the tools, all the dependencies from from NuGet.org. Actually, starting with PHP on Visual Studio Code uh, with PeachPy. It's much easier than than starting with a regular PHP because they don't have to actually download anything, right? Right. So we've made this integration so they can start writing with PHP into Visual Studio Code and make it compiled just by pressing F5 with all the debugging and all the other stuff. And they also can uh, add dependencies to other .NET NuGet packages. So Nice. Uh, which is really great. You can you can really make your PHP application that that uh, uses legacy legacy PHP functions or classes that are all built in uh, the PHPy PHPy runtime, and they can add references to NuGet packages, right? Uh, Newton's of JSON, for example, or or other well or other well-known packages, mm. uh, and they became available into the PHP code without without configuring anything and without writing anything else so it's all seamless all integrated yeah and i think it's much easier to start with php now thanks thanks to this yeah i guess if i was teaching programming i might choose php over c sharp if i had a choice between just those two i mean the alternative is javascript right well well to write just hello world it's much easier in php you just you just type echo hello world yeah and it's it's done. For example, in C sharp, you, you have to write all all the bunch of code around. Right. You have to write class and, and main function and console write line right. and create a project and compile it and run it. In PHP, you just create a file and write this one line of code and and you are done. Now PHP, I I'm, I gotta admit, I'm not a PHP programmer, so I don't know. But from my <laughs> un, from my understanding is that uh, that it, it basically just spits out HTML 
And JavaScript, like any other server-side thing, much like the original IIS without ASP, or maybe with ASP. It's a lot like ASP. Yeah. But um, but there isn't any sort of, uh, you know, forms, whatever, web forms-ish like infrastructure there. Uh, at least maybe there might be bolt-on stuff, but am I right in assuming that there's none of that? That's, that's a thing. Uh, there is a million of frameworks oh. uh, written PHP. Uh, yeah, of course. They actually actually do the same. They actually simulate MVC or they simulate Razor. There is a lot of frameworks for templating and uh, PHP guys uh, actually have everything uh, that does the same as we are used to in C Sharp. So, wow. There is an answer for everything in PHP. Oh, good. <laughs> there is a bunch of bunch of components on on packagist.org. It's the same packaging system as NuGet, so they are just in PHP, not not in .NET. So we are thinking about <laughs> migrating uh, these components from packagist to to NuGet. Uh, .NET developers wouldn't even notice it. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <a> <laughs> Wow! So we can we can migrate make, make, migrate these um, packages like uh, PDF PDF uh, PDF generator or uh, or the WordPress as a single package or Drupal or or all these other templating systems for Laravel templating or Smarty or I don't know. There's a lot of lot of packages for PHP. So. I mean, this is the advantage of the, the maturity of the PHP ecosystem is there are all these libraries. People have been building stuff for a long time. Uh, it's huge. In, in this stack. It's, yeah, it's, it's, even, it's even hard to get your head around just how much we're talking about. Although you've got versioning problems, right? Like there's seven versions of PHP plus, you know, mm -hmm. all the dot versions as well. So it does take uh, time to figure out what's current and what isn't. It's just like sorting any other open source problem out. Yeah. Just instead of sorting it out for JavaScript, you're sorting it out for PHP. Yeah, I would rather learn PHP than JavaScript. Interesting. If I was learning a language first, you know, in terms of getting it and, and understanding what computer programming is all about, I think the easy, the easy to get going model is the best model. But, you know, soon after, I think, then that's when you sort of need to, well, not anymore, but, you know. You need to to learn what makes good programming practice and what doesn't. You, you start down that road to artistry, but uh, but to certainly you know most people give up after an hour, two hours trying to follow simple tutorials, and JavaScript is notorious for that. Well, the, the big thing is how debug resistant they are. I, I, I'm excited about the idea of using VS Code with PHP together because of the .NET debugger. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the debugger is really great. So yeah. Uh, the call stack or or just moving the, the current statement to another line is a so amazing feature php guys yeah don't have it actually we totally take for granted our inline debugging capabilities mm. in the net world the rest of the world i don't know that they've ever seen anything like this yeah true well they would love it i guess well Deep, you know, I'm talking to poking on this what exactly what you said, Carl, about JavaScript. When it goes wrong, it gives such worthless messages. It's incredibly hard to figure out what you did wrong. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're dealing with memory leaks or anything, you know, even remotely complex like that. Yeah. For for, for example, I I love about .NET that 
I can diagnose my code, I can profile my memory, I can profile my CPU, and I can see actually the function that makes the bottleneck. And yeah. it's something I'm I'm just used to in .NET, and I can see it while debugging. I can see how much time uh, does it take to a statement to perform, and I'm using it all the time. And now I can I can do the same in PHP. Just just thanks to the fact I'm compiling it to .NET. Right. We can do method profiling on PHP. Mm. Who else yeah, can right. do that? Line by line. Yeah. That's that's crazy. I didn't even think of that. You can, you know, it's not just that it's compiled so it's faster. You can analyze this code in a very deep way to do optimization. Yeah. That's right. Visual Studio even, uh, Visual Studio even colorize uh, by red the the hot hotline of my code in PHP. Nice. Wow. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. When when you perform uh, when you when you measure performance of your code, you can see the red lines where it's slow, so I yeah. can immediately see where I should improve it. So now I have it in PHP. That's amazing. That yeah. is amazing. Very profound. Just thinking about how you would you know how you make this go faster. I could take an existing PHP project, port it over to this, and then start doing analysis on it to try and figure out where I want to do to do optimizations. When are you guys going to be ready? Because I think I need this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take a, a lot of time actually still because we're very much focused right now on the milestone of making sure that WordPress can run on .NET. Oh, good call. Yeah. And in the process of doing so, every once in a while, we kind of di divert from our roadmap to do something like set it up on Docker or, yeah, we've been, we've been busy preparing some demos, some samples. So, uh, now you can run it on Visual, in Visual Studio Code. Now you can compile a bunch of code. Uh, now you can compile all the positive cases. Right. Uh, there's, for example, no handling for errors or exceptions. Oh. So. If the code is correct, it will run. If there is an issue or a warning, it will behave. Um, I don't know how. <laughs> so is this something that you guys want help with? Do we want to make a call out to uh, uh, our listeners that if, if this is a project you think you can get behind, to, to, to contact you guys and help out? Yeah, we have a Gitter. Yep. Gitter um, is working its... Uh, on our GitHub as well. So if you go to our repo, the contribution section is there. So if you think you have uh, the experience and knowledge to contribute, then by all means, please do. We are gladly going to take all the contributions, take a look at them. And if it's good, um, we're of course going to take it. Um, and yeah, any, any kind of publicity of course helps if you like this project, um, you can also blog about it, tweet about it, something like that. These always help. This always helps. Okay. And that was Jacob, right? That was Ben. <laughs> oh, that was Ben. All right. Now, at least I'm beginning to be able to tell you guys apart now that we've come <laughs> to the end of the show, practically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's mostly just been you guys contributing to this so far. But, uh, yeah, obviously, there's an opportunity for other folks to take advantage of it. You do have a few forks out there, so people are playing with it. What other challenges do you face right now? besides those ones you'd listed? Well, for now, uh, we, have, we have to <laughs> re-implement all the PHP stuff uh, into the C-sharp. Uh, we are using the open source project Phalanger, um, which has all 
or, or most of the stuff already implemented. So we are, we are transferring code from Phalanger to PeachPy. Okay. But the other answer, the other challenge is, for example, to make Travis or Jenkins, the test platform, the, the open source cloud test platform okay. working for us. Cause, uh, we would like to write a lot more test cases to make the platform stable and, and running and with all the contributions we will need it. So the first challenge is to make unique test cases for PHPy because uh, on the test side, uh, we have to run regular PHP and PHPy and compare the results. Right. So we would like to somehow compare the, um, I don't know, the code flow or or the progress of running with regular PHP and with running on .NET and uh, ensure it runs the same. So that's one of the challenges. Okay. Uh, is there anything else that we haven't covered that you'd like to? Well, um, I think that you pretty much covered it all. I guess maybe what's left to say is um, kind of our overall objective. So some of it we've already touched on. We know there's a lot of uh, legacy applications in PHP out there that we would very much like to modernize and do a, a stable and modern framework like .NET. Um, but also we do have some implementations of our own in mind already. So um, at, at some stage when, when it's ready, we would like to extend an existing IDE, such as, for example, VS Code, and create kind of our own IDE for PeachPy with an existing IDE already. And it, it should have some nice features such as just pressing F5 to compile. And then of course, some of the more advanced features like some cloud services, which we will think of at some point, but we would like to make this a very comfortable and, and um, efficient editing experience. Uh, that sounds great. Well, uh, guys, thank you very much. This is very impressive, and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are not only surprised, but excited by your progress. Thank you very much for having us. You bet. Thanks. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and of course in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a transmitter band.